All right, good morning and welcome to Black Consumer News of Arkansas Radio. You're listening to KABF 88.3 FM, the voice of the people. Again, welcome back to this edition of Black Consumer News Headlines. I hope you're traveled safely during the holiday weekend. And um, we definitely are happy that you have joined us here today in this on this wonderful, beautiful Friday. We thank you for tuning in and listening in. As always, we promise to have a wonderful, engaging show for you today. I'd like to start off our show today by saying our heartfelt condolences uh, for the passing away of uh, our Little Rock City Director, uh, Irma Hendricks. She died on Wednesday. Um, she was 91 years old. And um, so she will be greatly and, and, and dearly missed by many. Um, uh, I would like to say that um, Director Hendricks was uh, the director of Ward 1. Uh, uh, Ward 1 is a community that uh, I have lived in and for over 20 plus years and, and also the executive director of uh, the Dunbar Neighborhood Association and so have worked very closely with uh, Director Hendricks and um, she uh, was a wonderful lady. Um, she actually reminded me uh, of my, my grandmom and um, uh, my grandmom that didn't take any mess, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she would definitely be um, sorely missed. Um, uh, on the phone this morning, uh, we have uh, our special guest. We have Mayor Frank Scott uh, joining us this morning. He's going to be talking to, with us uh, about the build or rebuild uh, the Rock um, sales tax proposal. Good morning, um, Frank Scott. Um, Mayor Scott, how are you? Can you I'm hear me? Doing very, yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Uh huh. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I too, uh, one, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, also, want to take time to continue to uh, acknowledge, affirm uh, the committed and consistent public servant and city director, Irma Hendricks, who was a voice for the voiceless, who was unapologetically herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, shared not only words of wisdom, but words of action. And we are grateful for her life and legacy. Uh, she was like a grandmother to me, uh, whom I love dearly. And uh, it truly is a, a grieving time and period uh, for the entire city. Yes. I, I know you join me and others as we pray for the Hendricks family as they... Uh, contend with this transition, uh, we pray for their strength and their comfort. Uh, so thank you so much for acknowledging City Director Irma Hendricks as well. Absolutely. And um, uh, thank you for your, your kind words. And again, she will be dearly, dearly, dearly missed. Um, and um, not sure if anybody could fill, fill those shoes or not, but she is definitely a person that we will always remember and, and certainly all, always honor. I do want to ask and, and kind of get right into our conversation. Was she in support of the 1% um, sales increase? She voted for the, uh, the tax uh, uh, on, I believe, June 29th. She voted to allow it to go to the people. Uh, she had some concerns, and we were able to work through those concerns, uh, and so very grateful for her. 
Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So, so, so this is a, a fitting time um, to be um, including you, um, uh, having you on um, for this for this for this interview. It it, it kind of all goes together. But, but first, before we get started, I want to say hello to our sitting in co-host today, uh, Osiris Aboli. Good morning, Osiris. Hey, how y'all doing out there, Little Rock and surrounding areas? It's Osiris Bali, man. Osiris. I'm here. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Good to hear your voice, brother. Good to hear you too, man. Yeah, Wesley is actually traveling. Um, he is uh, one of the board members um, for the uh, National Hall of Fame, and so he's traveling um, with that work um, this week. And but he'll be back with us next Friday. So uh, yeah, thank you again, um, uh, Mayor Scott. So let's get right into it as far as the one percentage um, sales tax and um, that you've introduced and that that, um, that vote is coming up on Tuesday. So let's talk about that increase uh, as people think about um, um, the, the increase and, and thinking that, well, okay, what, uh, this is another tax, uh, something, something else I gotta pay for, another tax is gonna be hitting my pocket. But I, I'd like for you to explain exactly how that tax is, is working and that it was, it, it's actually an extension of another tax that was already there and how this tax is gonna help you uh, to be successful in your goals and vision for the city of Little Rock. Sure, I just, I wanna be upfront and, and, and provide context before I, I share the overall vision. Thank you. Um, it is the Rebuild the Rock Penny uh, Replacement Initiative. And the reason why we use that language uh, is because we are, uh, 10 years ago, before I was in office, um, uh, the city leaders passed a penny sales tax where they had five eight cents that remained permanent and three eight cents that would be sunset for infrastructure projects. Uh, that three eight cents comes due as far as sunset on uh, December thirty first, twenty twenty one. So technically, uh, we are asking uh, voters for five eighths of a penny, uh, and so uh, many times it's hard to really explain three eighths, five eighths, and so we have decided to just say, hey, it's a penny uh, to round it up, but it truly is technically five eighths of a cent. Uh, and what that means. Um, on $100, it would be an additional uh, $0.67 uh, cents per $100. So if you went to uh, the grocery store, uh, when you add this increase, it'll be $100.67 uh, versus $100. And when, when I say that $0.67, cents, that's uh, the increase in the additional uh, tax that you already are spending. Uh, right now, the city of Little Rock has one of uh, the lowest uh, sales tax uh, rates in the state of Arkansas and with many of our regional peers that we compete with, whether it be Memphis, uh, Shreveport, Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, things of that nature, um, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, St. Louis, Chicago, um, their sales tax rates are a lot uh, higher than ours. Not mm-hmm. every city is different. Every state, some states have income taxes. Uh, some states do not. Some states have higher property taxes than we do. So uh, we have to be very careful on how we compare cities mm-hmm. uh, because there can be apples and oranges. I'll give you a great example. Uh, the state of uh, New York City has a, a sales tax rate that's lower than ours. Ours right now in combined sales tax rate, which includes all the sales tax for state, uh, city, and county, uh, is 9%. And, again, in Little Rock, we have one of the lowest uh, in the state of Arkansas right now. Mm-hmm. If we were to lose this uh, penny replacement initiative, 
we are already going to lose 3810 sales tax. So it would take us from 9% to 8.67%, which would make us the lowest in the state of Arkansas. So when you talk about New York City, it's there is eight, theirs is 8.85%, but it's apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York City uh, has an $88.2 billion budget. The city of Little Rock has a $280 million budget. New York City also allows, they have boroughs that are larger than the state of Arkansas, and they sure. have their own sales tax rate. So I want to make sure we provide that context. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, sales tax rates, I'll be upfront and, and honest, they are regressive sales tax. Unfortunately, uh, here in Little Rock in the state of Arkansas, based on our tax code, uh, cities uh, really don't have many uh, opportunities to raise revenue outside of a sales tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the reason why we're pursuing it, because uh, we know Little Rock is a growing city. I'm happy to report uh, after the past uh 20 census. Uh, Little Rock saw growth of about 5%, uh, which meant about 10,000 new people for the first time in Little Rock's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've always claimed that we were 200,000, but we never could uh, show it on paper with the U.S. Census. We worked hard to uh, count the, uh, the residents and make sure we went to all the harder reach areas, but not to make sure everyone is, is represented because representation matters. But also we know that many people are choosing to live in Little Rock. And so we saw this growth, and we're down 202591 We also know that during the working hours from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Little Rock is the size of Nashville. We are the largest city in a small state, the most traversed city, the most populous city. We have additional responsibilities because we are the economic hub for the state, and we have many people that are utilizing services that our residents utilize as well. So we have to always take care of our priority, which are our residents. But also understand because we are the economic hub, we are the healthcare mecca, we are the largest city and most diverse city, we have other responsibilities that we have to continue to lean in and mm-hmm. fuel our city's growth. Secondly, in addition to our growth in population, we saw, we've seen historic jobs growth. Uh, and you all have reported on this uh, in the history of, of Little Rock. Over the past two and a half years since we've been in office, we've brought to the table close to 5,000 new jobs. That includes Amazon 1 in Southwest Little Rock, Amazon mm-hmm. 2 uh, in the Port Authority East area of, of Little Rock, uh, HMS Manufacturing, Alleviant Health, Costco, Trader Joe's, all of these companies that we've brought to the city, we have to continue to lean in with more economic development opportunities to continue to have high-wage, these jobs are all high-wage jobs. And so when coupled with our population growth, coupled with economic growth, we know now we have to rebuild our city out of the pandemic Cities that invest in quality and life in place coming out of the pandemic are primed for exponential growth. Part of that exponential growth, we know we have to focus on quality and life in place. My generation, Osiris' generation, we're millennials. Those coming behind us are Generation Z. We are choosing where we want to live first based on quality and life in place enhancements and, and entertainment and culture. Uh, and then we identify our career. Our brothers and sisters, aging friendly, they're deciding where they retire based on quality of life and place enhancements. And so there's this strategic nexus between the multiples of generations that are all focused on quality of life and place, which tells us that quality of life and place is the new economic development model. So that's the reason why we want to spend uh, close to $180 million on quality of life and place. What do we get out of that? Uh, out of that is uh, the revitalization of War Memorial Park where it can be our own uh, Central Park or Piedmont Park that you know about in Atlanta, a gathering place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, things of that nature, a Millennia Park in Chicago, where it can truly unite our city in the middle of our city. We also want to revitalize uh, Hyman Park in southwest Little Rock, where both Osiris and I grew up. 
But in addition to that, we know we have 63 parks uh, that, uh, that are in the midst of our 124 square miles right now that have not seen increases uh, in their maintenance dollars since we were kids growing up. Uh, that means interstate park needs more improvement. I'm happy to report that uh, we're, we just uh, a contract for close to a million dollars to increase the maintenance at Interstate Park. I'm happy to report that we just cut a contract to bring back the basketball basketball courts at Canis Park. We need more funds to take care of the 63 parks that we have right now. So they will increase their funding within this tax. In addition to one more park, Hyman Park, we also know our seasoned brothers and sisters. Uh, they get tired of crossing the river to go to Patrick Henry Hayes for their senior center. They want to have their own senior center this side of the river. Mm-hmm. That's included. That will be located on 12th Street uh, near University Park. We also want to put an Olympic-sized pool at Jim Daly. Uh, we also want to make more investments to the East End Little Rock Community Center. So we're going to be adding $14 million to Dunbar Community Center, East End Community All Center, right. um, Southwest Community Center. Uh, Stevens Community Center as well, so we have a community center capital fund as well. Uh, and so that's uh, where we at as well. Is we, we have the state's only zoo, our zoo, uh, which has been in operation since uh, Osiris and I were kids. Uh, I didn't decide to have a zoo. We have one. It's, it's met national accreditation. We have to continue to keep that. But guess what? I love the zoo. Uh, the zoo is a great place for our city. It's a, it's a great uh, tourist attraction. We have to continue to lean in for its accreditation. Uh, and so we want to spend uh, dollars there. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we have to take care of the nuts and bolts. Uh, the nuts and bolts is public safety and infrastructure. We're going to be uh, focused on community-oriented policing. Uh, we're going to be focused on a real-time crime center to be smarter on crime, uh, police technology and operations, but also a new fire station in West Little Rock and more fire apparatus uh, because we have to have a secure city. But we also have to know we have to have a secure city that's focused on community-oriented policing and, and revamp the way and reimagine how we do public safety. Uh, and in addition to that, we have to have infrastructure. And what I love most about our infrastructure, it has an equity lens. So we're putting forth an additional $80 million for streets, drainage, uh, and other infrastructure improvements. Half of that $80 million, $40 million, will be split equally amongst the wards within the city of, of Little Rock. The other $40 million will be what we call equity infrastructure. Well, we know there are areas in our city that have been overlooked and have been underserved mm-hmm. uh, from an economic standpoint that we have to lean in on infrastructure there as well as from a geographical standpoint. So what that looks like is more uh, streetscapes and road improvements to the Wright Avenue south end area that we've already seen that we've been doing the last couple of years, but we have to continue to lean into that. We understand there's more issues in, in College Station. we got issues... Um, as it relates to Southwest Little Rock with flooding. That's what, when you talk about equity infrastructure, that's what we, what we mean. Uh, so that's on that end from the public infrastructure standpoint. Uh, but here's the game changer uh, is early childhood education. We're going to spend $40 million on early childhood education to ensure that our children have a head start from zero to three. We want to prevent our children from being exposed uh, to uh, Time, uh, from being exposed to uh, areas that lead to downstream negative effects, and the best way to get a return on investment is by investing in early child education. And so we, we fund uh, money there. We also want to focus on what we do for affordable housing to address homelessness, uh, to truly help our brothers and sisters experiencing homelessness to exit homelessness. Uh, so we have about $20 million. We'll, we'll go into dilapidated areas, work with local developers, purchase these homes, acquire and renovate them, and put individuals who have 
housing urban development vouchers, but also to focus on a tiny home program and other uh, wraparound services for our, our brothers and sisters experiencing homelessness to exit homelessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, we have some neighborhood, neighborhood empowerment programming of close to $5 million. Earlier this year, uh, the city uh, passed, the city of Little Rock Board of Directors and myself passed a targeted community development uh, program that we will fund through this sales tax for the $5 million for infrastructure projects, specifically for wards 1, 2, 6, and 7, which are south of 630, east of 30. We're being very intentional there. And so that makes up what all can happen within a penny over the next 10 years. So that's $53 million a year, which comes to about uh, half a billion dollars that we will truly be intentional, we'll be inclusive, we'll be innovative, and we will be investing back in our community to rebuild our city. We are at a time now that we've been blessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the city of Little Rock elected me to change this city. We've done a great job with the resources that we've had. We've had historic jobs growth, but we need more resources to fuel the growth. I firmly believe we are at a place in our time in our city that if we have that the, the same place that Atlanta was in in the late 80s, early 90s, that is catapulted. They had a project called Hartsville-Jackson Airport, as well as MARTA, that changed the game uh, for their city to be what it is today. Same thing happened in Oklahoma City when uh, Mayor Mike Cornett started this program called MAPS in the mid-90s has changed the game for Oklahoma City. We can do this as we focus on quality of life in place, we focus on culture, we focus on intentional investment in targeted community areas uh, south of 630 and east of 30 as we continue to move our city forward, as we focus on uniting our city, growing our city, but also transforming our city. And so we're excited for this investment. I'm asking everyone to please early vote today. Uh, you can early vote at 501 West Markham, which is the county regional building across from City Hall until 5 o'clock today. You also uh, can go to our local libraries from 10 o'clock a.m. to 5 p.m. today. That's Sue Cow and Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's D. Brown. That's McMath, Roosevelt Thompson, Fletcher, and Terry libraries. So please go out today. I'm asking for you all to support uh, this penny replacement initiative. Uh, early voting goes until 5 p.m. today. Uh, on Monday, the only location you can vote is from 8 to 5 mm-hmm. uh, at the Placid County Regional Building. And, of course, Election Day, you can go to your normal precinct mm-hmm. on Tuesday, September the 14th from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. That is the Rebuild the Rock proposal. It helps us not only to unite but to grow and to transform through intentional investments. I'm asking us uh, to focus on how we can uh, focus on our city's growth and its future together. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you. Um, I tell you, um, um, Mayor Scott, you've got that plan down solid and very and very passionate uh, about it. Change in the city. And and I'm sure uh, our our listening audience um, uh, is ready for change in our city, change and growth as well. I want to ask you one last question, though, before um, you you get off the air with us Um, for that person that um, is listening in. And and from a lot of feedback that I get from people sometimes is that um, especially people of color in the underserved communities, uh, we go out and we vote and then we feel like we're always continually being left behind. Um, how can you um, assure people that, you know, all the things as far as the underprived communities, infrastructures and those sorts of things, all, everything that's in your plan now, um, it's going to be afforded to them after this, after their vote? And then um, is your plan adjustable? Will you make any adjustments or be willing to make any adjustments um, to make sure that the voices that are voting um, for this plan uh, are heard uh, continually? Yes. First and foremost, 
Uh, Little Rock voters elected me to not only unite the city but to change it. And we've been changing it since we've been in office now two and a half years with resources that were provided to us. Uh, we're asking for more resources to do more change. Uh, and uh, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, look at the work that we've already done with mm -hmm. limited resources. Literally, I just left uh, two different projects south of 630, what, what I call intentional investments. Osiris is very familiar with Southwest Little Rock. Uh, we now have a new playground in Wakefield uh, Park. But not only a new playground, I literally just helped open through some critical uh, public-private partnerships to put a new uh, mini-pitch soccer court um, at Wakefield Park right now. Uh, it just opened today. Two weeks ago, we have a new splash pad in the south end of the historic Crump Park. So now the south end doesn't have to go to War Memorial to have a splash pad. We had that right in south of 630, which is representative of all of us on this uh, call today uh, for black and brown communities. And we have that intentional investment to prove right now. You look at the right avenue historic area, the new street scrapes that have been put on. We've been intentional with all the roads and the new Guy Springs overpass near my, my home church, the Greater Second Baptist Church. We have an Asher Street revitalization plan that we put more dollars to get some of the dilapidated buildings taken down. And oh, by the way, by uh, the November, we will be taking down the advanced auto uh, that's become a ha uh, crime haven mm -hmm. on Asher uh, Avenue mm -hmm. and a home, uh, dangerous homeless encampment. That's coming down. Uh, we're being very intentional with the work that we're doing. We're going to continue to do it. Okay. Bringing back, you know, the reason why we're bringing back uh, Canis Park is because this administration said we know what Canis Park meant uh, to our community and what oh, it I did for public that. safety mm -hmm. by bringing those back. It doesn't happen without an administration that, that understands the community, that's being intentional about the community. And so what I would say is look at the work that we've already done. Uh, you, you all elected me. To get a job done, I need more resources to get the job done. Well, I was uh, about, I was still be very intentional as we move forward, whether it passes or not. Uh, but I would say it's put trust in us to get it done. Also knowing that there will be accountability through a citizen-led accountability commission to make sure every dollar spent will be spent. If there are additional things that we need to change, we always want to listen to the community and make those changes to do to work with the community, not do anything to the community. Everything that we're doing is because the community shared this is what they want to see, and we're going to continue to lean in. And so I'm asking everyone for their vote today, Monday, and on Tuesday. All right. And I, and, and I agree with you. Uh, you. There's not much change that you can make. There's not growth, much growth that we can have if we have limited resources. So we need those dollars to make sure that all those those wonderful things that you're planning for the city are able to happen. And I love that word, lean in, make it happen. Because when you're leaning, you're putting all your might behind it, right? Oh. I agree, but also I want to share we have to have equitable economics and equitable investments, and that's mm -hmm. what we're doing as we move forward, understanding there are areas that have been far uh, too long that have been overlooked and underserved, and that's what we plan. That's what we're doing with the resources we have, and that's what we will do with additional resources. Absolutely. I totally agree. Thank you so much, Mayor Scott, for your time, and thank you for calling Black Consumer News. Uh, you're always welcome on these uh on these waves and uh, again the best of luck to you and uh, we will be talking to you again in the near future you have a great rest of your day thank you i know you can't answer because your journalistic integrity but i'm all i'm asking that you vote for it too <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I appreciate that. And, and Osiris, I know you'll be going on after I'm, I'm asking for your vote as well. <laughs> Yo, I already went early voted, so you know what I'm saying? I'm encouraging everybody, you know what I'm saying, get involved in those early elections. They're very costly to the city, so you know, please go out and early vote and vote on election day if you have to. Thank you so much. Appreciate you all. All right, thank you again, uh, Mayor Scott. Thank you. Okay, God goodbye. bless. All right. Wonderful conversation. Wonderful overview. Um, very passionate. Um, I mean, he was he was really um, passionate about all the things that he was saying. And um, sometimes you can believe that energy because it's so passionate. It's <laughs> like he's got he's got a plant in his head. He's got a direction that he is moving in. Calder, are you there? Well, Hotel, good morning, Ms. Burt. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for calling in. Do you have a well, question? Hotel, Mr. Osiris. Uh, How you doing? I applaud the mayor uh, and what he's trying to do, but there's still plenty of work to do. Uh, I heard no mention in that plan of how he's going to address the needs of Sunset Park. Uh, a lot of people don't know that there's a lake back there in Sunset, but it's overrun with snakes, okay? Mm -hmm. um, sunset needs to be brought up about four feet. Uh, for those of us who grew up in the South End, mm -hmm. know that that has ho always been the home of the Sunset Tigers mm -hmm. uh, football team. Yes. Um, that park needs a ton of improvement done to it. Uh, secondly, I heard nothing about the contracting concerns uh, from my minority contracting firms. Uh, those who are not bonded or licensed uh, likely will not be able to bid on these jobs. So uh, how are we going to bridge the gap of that and, and dealing with the tax issues? You know, like I said, I applaud that, but we still have plenty of work to do to address some of the, the, the deficiencies here in the city. Yeah. With that, peace and blessing. Yeah, and, and I, I, I appreciate the, those comments. I just wanted just to, to add to that because I did ask him, was his plan adjustable? Can, will he, will yeah. he make some allowances? And I also think as citizens, um, uh, these officials are there in, in position to serve the people. So if Correct. we have concerns and issues that we want to be a part of developing, okay, mm -hmm. and, and, and then bringing um, our issues and concerns, once we start um, doing our work as well, then he can add, they can add to that and have that building block. Because, you know, we can all have our, and I'm not saying that's not a, a valid concern. Um, well, Ms. Berg, I, I can tell you, back in 2002, a mm -hmm. group of us led uh, getting a National Service Park grant after that tornado to put the infrastructure down in Crown Park, okay? okay? If you look at the current tax pack, I myself got a million dollars worth of improvement for Crown Park. I'm not telling you what I know. I'm, I'm telling you what I know, okay? <laughs> so to put in that work, okay, okay, whether it's in front of the scene or behind the scene, as long as the results are being shown, that's all I'm saying. All right, I I, I, I cannot contend with that <laughs> at all. So if you're putting in the work, and um, I would just say that if you if you've got some some issues that that we need to address that directly um, to the source. So again, thank you so much for your your right. comment. We certainly appreciate peace. it. Thank you. Peace. Peace and blessings. Yeah, I definitely encourage people to go out and you know what I'm saying uh, make their suggestions at city hall to the city directors of how we can allocate this money into the communities that need it the most, the most vulnerable people, you know? I know I know someone's trying to call in, but um, they're on line one. They're going to have to 
Here we go. I think they're getting in now. Caller, are you there? Hello? I guess they decided not to talk, but that's okay. Um, someone's calling in. If you can hear me, just make sure you just hang, you can just hang up and call back because only line two works here at KABF. Already. Already, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, definitely. I think it's um, very important to, you know, bring those sorts of um, uh, things to light. I also think that he mentioned that this was something that they, that he was, that they were working on um, several years back. And so I'm not really sure of all the logistics, but I, I, I hear his passion as well. Call, are you there? Yes, peace and love on. Brother Solo being here. Yes, now, sir. Now, my beef is I'm looking at most of our people walking around big. And I always tell, I was telling the brother this morning, never have I seen the righteous forsaken for a seed big and bread. And I thought to myself, I said, I can just start tell which side you're on. But when I looked out the window and saw there were at least five different white guys working on the street, and these contractors are coming from Louisiana, Texas, and everywhere else, and when they do come, they're going to bring the uh, our cousins, the Mexicans, and Cobra and, and, and so excuse me, but I am uh, pro-us. Now, the deal is we're looking at all these guys that are working, sending money across the border and sending money everywhere else. I think unless we can get a, a, a slice of that economic pie and guarantee us that we will get off the stockpile because they have most of our people stockpile, walking around begging and everything else, and I'm really not pleased with this, especially in the invisible, ignorant inner city. And I say ignorant because we just don't know. But I know because I ride and cruise and see our people, most of them posted up with their hands out when they can get a hand up. And I think our hand up can come with training and being ready and i don't think we're ready right now to share the money with everybody else but us everybody i mean if, if, if we open our eyes and see our people and the plight that we're going through now is not the time we need to pump our brakes get some of our people trained for some of this work where the money can be spent locally and we can start turning over money within our communities. But right now, when we're seeing, uh, right now I'm looking at L's, I mean, BLD contractor from Chenner, Louisiana, and not a one person of color is working with them. Now, this is just not in this one location. When we hire these contractors from the city and they bring in workers, that's money going out instead of money circulating in the communities. And this is what we need to try to do. Turn, at least turn our monies over where we can share with the least of our peoples. And huh. like I say, I'm, I'm a little 38 hot about this because I'm seeing a brother's begging. Well, and I want to I I make a comment about that as well, because I was talking to someone about this just the other day as well, Osiris, mm -hmm. is that it seems like there's an influx 
of people here in the city mm-hmm. that are on the street corners um, asking for money, mm-hmm. uh, yes, begging, as, as you call in this um, uh, solar beam. But it, it also seems, and, and, and so there's there's a lot of um, undercurrents with that as well. Uh, you have a lot of people that are um, are migrating in here to the city. They're not from the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I don't think there's any law against people. Panhandling. What they panhandling. Call thank you. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Thank <laughs> you. For, it's not illegal. And I think, and I think. Excuse me, Silverine. And I think mm-hmm. that the word has gotten out, right, mm-hmm. that you can come to Little Rock because it's yeah. not illegal it's to not. panhandle. It's not illegal. So then coupled with seeing that from people coming in from the outside of, of the city, outside of the state, mm-hmm. and then as you're talking about looking at these contractors, but also we have to look at ourselves to Osiris yeah. yeah. Solarbeam. What businesses, what contracting businesses, I'm not saying there's just, there's not any black contractors out there, yeah. but I'm just saying, is there enough? Is there enough uh, contractors out there to get these contracts? Uh, are there enough businesses to put in our communities so our community can start flourishing? And we have, uh, wait, wait, Solar Beam, I'm not finished. I'm not, I'm not finished. So, I'm not finished, Solar Beam, just a minute. And so do we, do we have enough businesses to put in our communities to keep our dollars there? So I'm saying all that because I think we need to turn to more of a community effort, mm-hmm. right, where we're having a conversation amongst ourselves creating our own plan mm-hmm. uh, mayor scott is planning for the city yeah okay yeah. and so if we need to plan for our community then that's what we need to do so thank you so much for the call yeah Thanks. we don't we don't have a we don't have a pro-black administration city administration that would be lovely but uh you know what i'm saying i, I think personally when we talk about panhandling in the city uh panhandling happens where the money and the commerce is flowing at and so anywhere that people see where the money is thriving and flourishing, you're going to see people out, you know what I'm saying, panhandling as well. That's what happens in every major city, in every uh, metropolis. And Little Rock is the only place in Arkansas that's trying to be a metropolis besides outside of northwest Arkansas. In central Arkansas, the money is obviously coming right to the downtown and in the central Little Rock area. And so people who are in need are going to migrate and flow to those areas. But when we're talking about contracts, that's a whole different discussion with the city of Little Rock. Yes, we need some more equitable solutions so that we got more black contractors and black uh, workers getting some of that money to keep that money into the city. But at the same time, you got to know how to bid on those jobs. You have to know how to approach the city and submit your proposals. You have to know about the opportunity to do that. And that's what we're lacking right now, the knowledge of that. And so you have the gatekeepers that are keeping that information, the contract over and over. But they can't keep it if you've got a, a solid plan. They can't keep it if you've got a solid plan and you know, and you have the people who know about those resources. So it's, it's, it's up to us to approach the administration and find out about those opportunities and walk in those doors, and if they don't give us a seat at the table, you know, bring a folding chair. That's what I tell them, you know. Yes. Shout out Shirley Chisholm. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um, uh, folding chairs over there, um, Osiris does have a podcast. Let's talk about the folding, folding chair. Oh. Um, t- let's talk about that and, and talk about some of the topics that you have on that podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the folding chair podcast is powered by the Arkansas Public Policy Panel, and I'm just the host. 
But, uh, you know, check it out online. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. And we're basically talking about numerous topics that are around uh, the, uh, the top, numerous issues around the topic of racial equity. And so we talk about everything uh, coming up from education to the fashion industry. Uh, we talk about technologies, how their systems of racism. Uh, we talk about how representation matters. We talk about knowing your rights and uh, what fuels mass incarceration. We even have an upcoming episode that we talking about critical race theory. But everything falls under the uh, under the, the the one bucket topic of uh, racial equity and how we can advance that long term and what we can do short term to help improve racial equity and find those equitable solutions that so many of the callers are talking about. Absolutely. Caller, are you there? Well, hotel again, Ms. Burke. Okay. Uh, uh, my, my, I'm tell you, my name is Kenyon Lowe, and like I told you, you graduated with my younger brother, Carl, okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, I, 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 want, I want to take a point of contention with something was told being said. Okay. As chairman of the Little Rock Housing Authority, we have two phases of development, and I like what Osario said about the gatekeepers of that information. In that first phase of development, that was well over 80 plus million dollars in contracts given out. In this second phase, we will have approximately about $85 million of uh, redevelopment going on with the rest of our property. Okay. Here's what we did to change it for those who have been uh, least at the table, okay? Mm -hmm. We offered bridge gap funding as part of our contracting, meaning if you can't make your payroll, we'll help you make your payroll, okay? We asked for those contractors who were not bonded or who was not licensed. Meaning, if you want bonded, we got you bonded. If you want licensed, we got you licensed. So I'm saying is that the major problem that we had, our people didn't want to fill out the paperwork. Okay. And they didn't, and they were complaining. But I'm saying that if you can't do it, and all, and with HUD, all you had to do, and with us, all you had to do was fill the paper out one paperwork out one time. It goes into our database, and it, and you can make your changes, such as address, telephone number, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the majority of it is still on our database. I say all that to say this. You create your own economics, okay? And and if we want to, a, a part of that pie, those who are the gatekeepers of the information, such as myself, I'm trying to get it out there, but our people don't want to listen, okay? Trying to get you a menu, a meal at the table, instead of being on the menu at the table. Peace and blessings, sir. Thank you. And I also like to say, Osiris, that mm. that you know, for our listening audience, this is not the end all or the be all. This is not, you know, he's not saying that this is the scenario for everything. A lot of times, we put a blanket on everything, right? Yeah. And so, it, you know, he. You know, and I'm glad that he he called in because this is an experience that that he knows about as far as working with contractors mm -hmm. and maybe not having all of their information mm -hmm. correct. And then I think really the tie-in with Solar Beam is that Solar Beam says, yeah, we need some training, right? Yeah. We need to make sure we get some training. So we need to make sure that we are giving people the right resources, these contractors, mm -hmm. uh, the right resources they can go to to make sure that they have things in order. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately we have to put pressure on the city. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Are y'all giving ample information out there to the community to say, hey, do you want to learn how to get a city contract? 
Do you want to learn how to sign up for the city contract? Do you have interns that are coming with the contract and say, hey, I'm possibly looking at this yes. in the next couple of two years. Can I sit and take notes at this meeting? Trainings for people to understand this is how you present your proposal. This is how you uh, get that opportunity to get that contract. And I'm, I'm and a firm that's believer. Real equity. Yeah, and I'm a firm believer. When you climb, you pull somebody up with you. So when I get my opportunity to get my contract, that's when we hold each other accountable. And I sit there and I set the next brother or the next sister up to say, hey, this is how I did it. This is how you can do it too. And so, like, it's ultimately up on us to put the pressure on the city to say, hey, open it up. Don't hit the line, the same lineup every November and December and say, hey, you know, January, we got such and such X amount of dollars coming in. Uh, here's the opportunity for you, and this is the money that you can make, and you hire your own people and all that type of I stuff. T I totally agree with that because um, a lot of times it just becomes cookie cutter. Yeah. And it may become a, a less... Um, uh, tiring or less uh, work for the worker yeah. uh, and, and they just do the cookie cutter thing instead of uh, saying looking at um, you know uh, other contractors and yeah. saying look you know I see that you're a contractor but you haven't done this is there some you know you I know I look at this reaching out yeah I look at this administration in the city just like I look at any other city administration when you know you got somebody that's contracted to do your cleanup or whatever, well, who do we have last year? Okay, we'll just continue to pay them and what are they asking for? Okay, do that. Uh, who do we have doing this on the roads? Okay, yeah. Well, we continue to work with them or whatever because every administration goes through a growing process and a learning process. And a lot of times they're looking at the predecessors to see from what they need to do. So we have to put ourselves in that position and put pressure on the city to say, hey, open things up. Let's make it more equitable. Let's give more people an opportunity. And I I'm, I agree with the brothers calling in saying we need more black contractors getting in there because the city is overwhelmingly starting to become more and more black and more and more people who are non-white, you know, if we can put it like that. Sure. Like the census data just showed that. You know, this was the first time this past year with the census uh, this was the first time that people uh, could mark more than one option. You know what I'm saying? We had people that were Egyptian and Moroccan marking white back back 10 years ago. Sure. So now people have more options to mark more than one thing to show that we actually do have a more diverse and multicultural city. And so now it's just about, you know, actually getting that information from the city and telling them, hey, you owe us. Please give us opportunity too. Absolutely. Caller, are you there? Yes, Solar Beam again. Now, when you said that, please, brother, that's, that's what we really have to do. Permit a proposal to them, and it's sad that we have to be begging. And uh, I'm back to that. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken. Now, the deal is the gatekeepers need to get on their job. Just like the sister be talking on Wednesday about we need a, a council. Now, we also need to have, well, a patrol. If you're going around town and you know every time they before they put up a contract or put up a site first they they want to put the blinders up in other words they don't want to want you to see from 20 i mean from 50 to 100 feet away that is not a black person they might have a brown hat on and i make a lot of these contractors mad about a uh i'd like to see how many is on the job when they know none of us our own job. Excuse me, y'all. But the deal is, when they had the set-aside program, for every five, they had one of us. So for some reason, we need to go back 
and I hate backpedaling to some set-asides for minorities, or we need to say, hey, when you bring your folks in, we want you to, we always say, give back to the community. If everybody robbing us and milking us and I mean, fixing up Mexico and everywhere else but here, I mean, again, I, I was afraid of that second bite because I, I get to stumbling and bumbling. It's okay. But All right. We, 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 we need we, to figure out how to get a slice of this economic pie as people of color and, and stop right. being fooled by, uh, like say, not being good stewards. We understand. Because I can show you some things now. What they're going to do is buy a lot of signs. Half the money going to go to the sign people because they really got... But, but one thing that we, but one thing that we, we did, one thing that we did talk about solar beam is accountability right and making sure that you have things in See, order that, that, that's what I say and we so, need some patrol we need some people that are really concerned about sharing with the least of these yeah and and, and, and they're and they're out there, there. Made, we just we just every day excuse me solar beam my heart goes out Excuse me, Solar Beam. They're out there. We just have to give them the opportunity to have their voices heard. Thank you so much for calling. All right. Yeah, I, I think there are there are people out there that are very resourceful yeah. um, and, and have a lot of information, mm -hmm. but we're just not asking the right people to put things together for us sometimes. Hey, you got the information, you know, so I say start a group, start an institution, an organization. Hey, get your meetings together, get your plans together document everything that's going on and let's get those proposals submitted to the city absolutely and then also attend those city meetings on tuesdays be yeah. right down there with the board um, finding out how things work how things operate because a lot of times we don't know we don't really know how it all works how yeah. it all that's operates. why we pay taxes that's why we vote um caller are you there yes hotel bob this is my last bite i just got an announcement sister burt okay um our executive director of the housing authority is leaving. His daughter is going to France, and he's going with her. Okay. So beginning Monday, uh, the position will be posted first out on our website, uh, and then the newsprint. So we have an open for the executive director. You don't have to have a housing background, but you do have to have those leadership skills, which organizations need, and I, and I wanted to put that out there. Thank you. So, uh, uh, you can send your resumes to me. Uh, that's Kenyon Lowe at klo 40 at hotmail.com. Or if you want to call me, you can call me at 501-570-7634. So we have a position for executive director. All right. Thank you so much for the call. Yes, ma'am. All right, go apply for that job. Executive Director <laughs> of the Little Rock Housing Authority. We need somebody in there that's passionate about that work and uh, we definitely need to fight for us. I mean, to me, that's a real big part of building and developing our communities yes. is housing, yeah. affordable housing, and also looking at housing um, from a new perspective, a new today's perspective when we talk about affordable. Affordable doesn't always have to mean cheap. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Affordable mean good for your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to mean cheap. But I mean, it was, when we say affordable, sometimes that that word I always think substandard for some reason. Yes. But it didn't have it didn't have to be that. Affordable, we have to change that paradigm. Yeah, affordable still is definitely related to uh, quality too, as well. Absolutely. 
absolutely so. yeah yeah it, it can it, it should be and uh, we should definitely uh, always continue to try to have those models um, um, for our community and when we when we talk about affordable housing yeah. um, that like I said that word um, we always think that it has to be think, substandard yeah think about it like you think about when you go shopping when and the only thing is based on your income yeah think about it like you do when you go shopping when I go shopping first thing I look for is the deals I'm always looking for, you know, so I like a nice pair of shoes, a nice shirt, you know what I'm saying, some glasses, a, a hat. I'm the opposite. But I like a deal. <laughs> I like quality. Then I look for the deal. I'm, oh, what, what? I, oh, I love this. Oh, this is so nice. That's what I'm Made saying. well, and then look at the tag. Nah, I can't, I can't afford it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm saying, you know, so I, I, I'm going to go look for some Nikes, but I'm just going to say, hey, you know. I want a deal on the Nikes. You want a deal on the Nikes. I'm not the person oh. to show up for the Jordan drop. I, I'll okay, show up right. for the other for the Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I get it now. No, you're absolutely right. So um, as, as far as affordable housing is concerned, I know it's based on the income, but a lot of times I think that it should be based on not only the income, but also making sure that we have high quality housing for people yes. not low substandard things for people because it's all in your thought process if you have low you think low if you have high you think high even though i may not be able to afford it quite yet yeah. but it can inspire me to to want more right yeah. but if you started me down here it's going to be hard for me to get up. I'm just saying, let's start everybody at the top. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and then move on, right? Most so, um, again, uh, Mr. Lowe, thank you so much for, for uh, making that announcement. And you are listening to KABF 88.3, the voice of the people. Uh, thank you so much for tuning here to Black Consumer News. You can also go onto the website and make Black Consumer News your, news your daily read each and every day. We've got great stories on there. Uh, we have a new partnership with uh, uh, Kaiser Health News, and so we are excited about that as well. They're uh, a national uh, uh, news organization, and uh, we've got some great stories on Black Consumer News, again, locally as well as nationally, because it's all about um, the things that you're seeing, the things that you're reading, and being informed and seeing things that relate to your everyday life and you can go to black consumer news and get your news each and every day everybody's got a smartphone just pull it up in the morning mm -hmm. check it out see what's going on uh, matter of fact we got the mirror story about the um uh, uh the uh, percentage uh sales tax up on uh, black consumer news so go and and read that just in case you get didn't get a chance to hear the mirror we do have that information on black consumer news and um it's just about being informed and having good information that relates to you that cares about you and even national news knowing what is really going on because a lot of times we have no idea what's going on in our our surroundings and we make a special effort a big effort uh, especially wesley brown to make sure that we bring you good quality informative uh news so make sure to check us out on black consumer news Dot com and that's our plug for the day right hey. <laughs> so make sure you make us that that read got you black consumer news i get the emails all the time 
And yeah, for and I'm I'm glad you say that because we have our um, weekly newsletter that comes out every Monday morning for your Monday morning brew. That's what we call it, and so check that out as well. You can also subscribe to that newsletter online um, uh, on our website at blackconsumernews.com. So Osiris, this is a you know a, a, an opportunity for people to get out and vote. And I know that you are a, a strong advocate about uh, registering people to vote. Let's talk a little bit about why that's still important, because this is a special election. Yeah. But if you haven't registered to vote, then you're not going to be able to get in there to vote. Well, yeah, it's most definitely uh, that time to vote. Man. I mean, the most recent news just came out. We're talking about Arkansas. We were 50th in the country in voter turnout in 2020. And, you know, almost dead last. I believe the only place that was above was that was the 51st state was Oklahoma. And so that's included with the District of Columbia. We were where? 50th in voter turnout. Amongst registered voters, oh, people wow. who are registered we were 50th. So we were almost dead last. And I know you know it's only 50 states, but that this also includes the District of Columbia, D.C., so it's 50 out of 51. Oh, my. So we have to do better as far as voter registration and voter turnout. Um, because, you know, when we sitting at the, in dead last, no wonder we got people calling in, complaining so much. About what but, we see. But Yes, because we, we are using our voices and our right to vote the least. Now, I know voting doesn't fix everything. I'm not that person to tell you votes, vote fix everything. But it is one tool to help the marginalized community. It is one tool to help the oppressor. Um, the oppressed, I'm sorry, is one tool to help us, the most vulnerable people out in the community. If we have complaints, we have to get people in there that listen to us and we voice our concerns and work for us. Your vote should come with a condition. When I vote for you or when I vote for this ordinance or, you know, this solution or whatever, it should come with a, under their condition that you agree to do this as well. And so it's important for us to get out there and vote. Empowering. Yeah. I mean, it's really what power is all about, because I think a lot of what Solar Beam is talking about or saying yeah. is feeling we, we don't feel empowered. Yeah. We don't feel like we count. And, and and that's a big part of that vote. And that's probably why we're next to last yeah. on voter turnout. We got to organize ourselves on that end. When I went to go, I went to go vote today for the uh, on that on this sales tax increase. And it took me more time finding some change to put in the meter than it took me to go vote. I spent about 15 minutes shuffling through the car looking for a dime, a nickel, a quarter, or something to put in that meter because I don't want to get those a meter ticket. rates are serious downtown. Oh, yes, they are. But I walked in and out of the, of the voting precinct. It took me about two minutes. I spent most of my time up in there putting hand sanitizer on. Uh, but but I'm saying is if we want to do the other things that affect the community, we have to organize ourselves. We have to start these groups that push to, uh, for us to be civically engaged. And if we want these opportunities to get these contracts, we want these opportunities to change our society, that's ultimately on us to have our strong coalitions and partners and groups. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm huge on um, coalitions, collaborations. Yes. And so that's really where it's going to have to start mm -hmm. so we can stop complaining, um, get organized, get together. Matter of fact, the Dunbar Historic Neighborhood Association will be doing a community uh, needs assessment, bringing people in, focus groups. Let's talk about it. Let's find out what are our needs, right? Yes. Because our voices are very important. We want, we want people to be heard, but we also want people to do 
their part as yes, well. And I think that's what we, I want to continue to kind of sing out there that we do have a role to play. And so if you're not playing, then we shouldn't be complaining, right? We need to be a part of the solution each and every day. And the solutions are right inside of us. They're not outside. They're not someone else's. They're ours. And I know that we are in the going in the right direction. I know that we are on the right track. And uh, we're certainly on the right track But with you listening in to Black Consumer News today. We'll be back here next Friday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon. Osiris, thank you so much. Um, so much for joining and, and uh, co-hosting today. Thank uh, you. We certainly missed Wesley today, but he'll be back here next Friday from 11 a.m. until noon. Until then, you have a great rest of your weekend. Make sure you go on to BlackConsumerNews.com and make us your daily read. Black Consumer News, news that empowers. Peace.